drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi guys, welcome back to Bottle Service. It's me, your girl, Sarah Merrill Hall. Welcome back. So happy to have you this week. We have a great episode for you this week. I have on a very special guest, Jane Bacher. She is the CEO and co-founder of Anya, which is a company that specializes in postpartum products for mom especially, which I love. And I actually originally got connected to Jane. Um, Anya reached out to me. You know, when I was actually postpartum, they sent me some product, which was really nice. And, you know, we got to talking about the new season of bottle service. They wanted to, like, offer some product for our our listeners, which was really great. Um, If you have been following me on social media, we did a nice little giveaway with Anya when the season came out. And uh, spoiler alert, we're going to do another one when this episode comes out. So make sure you're following me at Big Kid Problems for details on that. But um, anyway, we got to talking and we got on the subject of just how moms kind of get left in the dust in their postpartum era. And this is, there is a lot of levels to this. And it's something that, especially when Jane and I first started talking, like she was, the way she was putting it, it was, it was something I had been feeling and didn't know how to articulate, but it is, it is kind of a real thing. Like I feel like, you know, when you're pregnant, everybody is fussing around you. Everybody knows you're pregnant because you're visually very pregnant. Um, you know, you're you're supported in a certain way. And I think that that kind of gets lost in postpartum, partially because you don't look pregnant anymore, partially because there's, you know, this new baby that needs so much care and support. But moms are also like in a super, I, I probably the most vulnerable period of time in their lives. And I don't know that society is really doing enough for moms in general. And and this is across the board. This is, you know, I think we're expected to go back to work right away. You know, we're expected to bounce back right away. We're, we have all these expectations that are insane. We're expected to go to just one six-week appointment, you know, uh, after giving birth and get like the thumbs up and be good to go, like physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, the, the expectations on postpartum moms are crazy. And I know I was feeling this a lot, um, you know, early on. And then like even a couple months into postpartum, just being like, I don't know, feeling like not as supported as we should be. And what's interesting is uh, it's not like this everywhere else in the world. Like moms are treated differently. New moms are treated differently in different societies. And I think the U.S. is kind of unique in this way that like we're really not doing enough for moms. And uh, this is a conversation that I really loved having with Jane because she's out there. She created a, you know a whole company around trying to support moms in a better way. And I really love talking to her. So I was like, you know what? Let's put a pin in this conversation and bring it back onto the podcast. Because I actually think, you know, a lot of the bottle service girlies out there are going to also agree with all of this that we're saying. So that's what you're going to listen to today. Um, We're going to get into it. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. I hope you enjoy. 
All right, guys, I am here with Jane Bacher. She's the co-founder and CEO of Anya. I am so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I actually um, got some Anya products when I was postpartum. Loved it. Looked into your company. I think what you guys are doing is so awesome. Um, Specializing kind of in this postpartum era (laughs) that uh, so many of us are in, so many of us, especially who are listening now, are in it right now. Um, I want to go there. I want to start off, you know, maybe get a little bit of background on you and what made you get into the business of postpartum. Yeah, totally. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is this is so much fun. Um, and uh, and I'm so happy that you've been able to to use the products and enjoy them. But um, but yeah, I mean, like so many women, it was all you know a result of me going through my own journey. I uh, going through my own postpartum recovery and saying a big like, what the fuck is happening and why wasn't I warned about any of this? It's, it's really just another stage in a woman's life that has been overlooked for way too long because as women, we just sort of suck it up and deal with it. And I think luckily things have changed quite a bit. My first was born seven years ago. So this is like really when, when I had my moment and back then literally no one was talking about it. Like it was, there was zero conversation around what would happen after. And I even remember one of my best mom friends at my baby shower gifting me like a nipple bomb and we all had a little giggle over it like ooh nipple bomb that's kind of taboo you know and so luckily now there are so many amazing women like yourself that are really being very vulnerable and open and kind of showing their journey in in, in more of a prominent way but but that a lot of that is really focused on that kind of acute physical recovery right after birth the, the bigger problem is that our culture still thinks and tells us that recovery is a few weeks long and that is so absolutely incorrect. There's so much happening inside your body. There's such tremendous change going on. Your hormones will experience the biggest swing you'll have in your entire life. Your estrogen levels are literally plummeting immediately after birth. Your organs are literally moving around and like resizing and re, you know figuring out how to function normally again. Your 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 digestion is is totally compromised and and is really taking a backseat in these early days. And so a lot of women are are you know experiencing constipation and slowed metabolism and, and not to mention the severe sleep deprivation and stress that you're feeling. So all of that stuff has such a serious impact on your body. Your hair starts falling out. There's the acute stuff like shakes and night sweats. I don't know if you ever experienced any of that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the constipation, your skin can become super dry and flaky. You can have vaginal dryness and, and sex can be really painful. So this all sounds super scary, but like all of this stuff is happening. And, and the, the real thing is that there are things that you can do to, to make it better and to help, but nobody knows that. And we're all kind of just going through this and, and just pretending that it's not happening. And, and a lot of this stuff is lasting through the year after birth. So a uh, long-winded way of saying that it was, it was my own journey um, and going through this and just saying, this doesn't make any sense that there aren't better solutions out there. And the real, um, and we can touch on this more in a little bit, but the, the real kind of catalyst to me deciding I, I, this was a thing that I could do and that women could benefit from it was actually learning that other cultures are doing a lot of these things that do help women already. So there is such a different prioritization of women's health needs and what they go through after birth in other parts of the world. And there are these incredible traditions and rituals. And so I first learned about it from my sister-in-law who's Chinese and brought 
kind of her culture into it, but then found that there are elements of, of these practices and, um, and things that women are doing throughout almost every other part of the world to help with postpartum recovery. Yeah, that, that is, okay, so much already there. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, I didn't stop <laughs> <No>. talking. <laughs> Thanks no, for but, jumping in. <laughs> no, but it is, it is insane to me, and I think so many of us have this exact same reaction, like going through postpartum, it's like, what the fuck you know like there is so there is so so much so many levels and the first thing you said that I'm like oh my god thank you for saying this is the craziest part to me is I I even thought this like I did an entire pregnancy podcast where I researched like I did a ton of research around pregnancy I knew everything that was going to happen week by week like I knew everything I fully thought that postpartum was six weeks long. Like I fully thought like by the end of six weeks, shit's going to be good. Yep. You're going to be back. going to be fine. <laughs> no, no. It was so funny when I hit six weeks, I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just getting started. Like I am just, just started. I am just in a period right now where I feel like I'm okay to start recovering like functioning in the world sort of like a normal person but barely oh like not even not even it was was much more like my I feel like I am just beginning the recovery process at six weeks and it is really strange to me that this isn't more of a thing you know like we we do need so much support I mean that's a whole other conversation of like what are we doing here in America? But yeah, I thought that that was such an interesting point. You said though, that this is a kind of a, an American thing though, like in other cultures, they're doing more stuff. It's it's a super American thing. Like when you said you were six weeks and you were just sort of ready to begin your recovery, that's right. Like in other cultures, they're still in bed for six weeks. Like that's a little bit dramatic, but like there are these very like, a lot of cultures, especially Asian cultures, will will really enforce this period of rest and say that a woman is has cannot be doing her normal household duties. Some cultures, like you can't go outside, you can't shower. There's there's really extreme versions of this, but it's all about like you are forced to rest for at least 40 days. And so that is that period of time. And it's crazy. It's like we're already back to work, back to exercise, back to all the things, because that's what culture's telling us to do. Yeah. And it, and even in my own experience, I, I just know in my body, like, that's not what we should be doing. Like, and I felt like the pressure at six weeks, like you said, like to get back exercising because like you're expected to like get your body back and like expected to start work again. And internally, you're just like, no, <laughs> no, this doesn't feel right at all. Um, yeah. So this is so I thought that was interesting. So you mentioned your sister in law came from a different culture like what was some of the stuff that she was doing in her postpartum recovery versus like what you were doing in yours yeah so it was just such a dramatically different approach to the whole thing first of all she focused way more on what comes after than pregnancy she was like I have my doctors I know they'll do their checkups and and make sure I get through the things that I need to during pregnancy and then the birth will happen, but it's all about what comes after. And that was so opposite to the way I was thinking about it. Like we focus all on, I mean, you were talking about this before. It's like every book that I had, there was maybe one little chapter at the end, maybe a chapter, or maybe just like a couple of pages that said that was, that was about postpartum. You know, there's just, there's just nothing. 
So for her, it was about, she, she brought somebody into her home that was kind of like a postpartum doula, like you could compare it to, to somebody like that, who really understood these cultural traditions specific to her, which were, was Chinese medicine. And first and foremost, focused on cooking for her. So it was about nutrition. It was about feeding her specific foods week to week to make sure that her body, as it was going through the various stages of postpartum recovery, was supported in whatever it needed to do. You know, first it was about right after you lose all that blood and your hormones are recovering and you need to kind of help your liver function again and detoxify, right? And then you're getting into producing breast milk and sustaining energy levels and all of these different things that you're going through at different stages and eating specific foods to help her through that. Then there was a focus on just doing the housework, like, you know, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, all of the stuff that we try to do, right? Because we mm -hmm. just, we do it all um, and, and allowing her to just rest and be with her baby. So it was just, it was such a different perspective it was really a focus on her versus a focus on the baby, which is what's so different um, about here. Totally. I did notice that too with myself, like somebody who like is a researcher and like likes to be prepared. All the research I did for after baby was about baby. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I, I did all my research on like knowing what to do when he was born, how to take care of him, what was going to be going on with him. I did nothing, nothing to prepare for like my own recovery at all no it, it, it's right it's and it's it's partially because like nobody's talking to us about it right it's like you're I loved my doctor so much but like never once did she mention anything about it you know um and none of the books are talking about it and um and so it really is it really is a cultural thing and it's just it is so fascinating I think that for me the the thing that gave me the permission to especially the second time around. And then this was like in the formation of Anya and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to figure out a way to help moms here do the same thing that women are doing everywhere else. But for me, I needed that permission to, to like, think about myself. I think that there's so much wrapped up in that about like not wanting to take care of ourselves. The self-care is like a dirty word. Like it's just, it's all about, all about the baby and, and learning that other cultures were doing that was sort of this like permission that I needed to say, okay, maybe this is important. Like maybe it's not just a nice to have, but maybe, maybe my body does really, really need this. And then seeing how much different I felt after it was, it was just eye opening. Mm, okay. We have to, we have to talk about like the stuff that you were doing specifically that helped. Um, but you just reminded me of a, a piece that like has been bothering me so much, mm. which is like, yeah, you're even your doctors don't tell us about this like I was so shocked I mean I went through like not even normal birth but like a c-section so it was like mm -hmm. a pretty intensive yes. surgery you know and I went to two doctor checkups afterwards I went at three weeks they're like okay yeah your incision looks good and then I went back at six weeks and they're like yep okay uh yeah everything looks great we'll see you in a year for your pap smear I'm like if I had gotten like sold shoulder surgery or something like that like we or knee surgery like we'd be doing all kinds of checkups like you know physical therapy would be like a no not even a question it would be like a mandatory mm -hmm. thing like I am just so bewildered that in our modern medicine especially like we're you know how far we are in other areas we're so behind here 
Sorry, I need I needed to pop off about that for a second. It's absolutely, and I think that's like the thing that that's like the moment that a lot of moms are like, "What is happening?" When they go in for their six week visit, and you're already past all of like the the hardest, hardest, most acute part of it all, right? And then your doctor sees you for two seconds and says you can have sex and exercise, and you're just like, "Are you out of your mind? Like, what what are you talking about?" And I think it's like we can point to so many things, but ultimately it's really the the medical system. And we work with a lot of OBGYNs who it's really exciting because there's a lot of them out there who are really, really want change. And they really like, we hear this all the time from OBs. They're like, I see my patients more than I'm actually paid for just because they need it. And it's crazy that, that we don't have this set up. But the one thing is that they're actually not compensated for that postpartum visit. So part of the problem is the way it's set up is like a birth is kind of like an all, all encompassing, um, I don't know, like plan fee. Like you probably heard this when you went in, it's like, okay, it's going to cost you like $10,000 to have a baby and hopefully your insurance covers it, but it's a one-time thing. And so the doctor is really not paid additionally for these postpartum visits. And so they're just so strapped, like they don't have the time to spend with you. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's, that's probably one of the biggest problems. And then we just don't have like our insurance doesn't cover again, not to harp on other parts of the world, but like in France, pelvic floor therapy is covered in most other countries. You have countries that have in-home visits for midwives for three months post-birth. You have a lot more of this like supplemental care that's, that's covered and included. Um, again, yeah, all of the ways, all of the yeah. ways we're, we <laughs> have, we have, we well. have a ways, we have a ways to go like for, for reals. <laughs> we have a ways to go. And it's really hard. Like as we, what with being in this world and doing what we're doing, like we want to take it all on. And my co-founder and I like often find ourselves down these rabbit holes of like, we got to go to DC. We got to like, we got to, we got to, we have to change this and, and we can't change it all overnight, but we sort of take the perspective that well, we will get involved in all of that in a way that that makes sense for us, but it, it really all kind of comes back to that societal shift. And so if we can be a catalyst to helping moms think about their needs and, mm-hmm. speak, and speak up and sort of know one, just feel the difference. So already we're seeing that it's like moms that are, that are actually like taking our vitamins and taking care of themselves. The, the things that they're telling us, they're like, I feel like a different person. Like I feel so different this time around. This is my second, third, fourth child. And so I I think that's the step one is like, they can see how, if they do take care of themselves, they can actually feel so much better, but Mm. then also just to know the importance of taking care of themselves. It's like that shift has to happen in order for us for, as a, as a culture to, I think, think about what women need during this time. Yes. Okay, let me know when you guys march on DC because I'm ready. I am I am also very passionate about this that like some shit needs to shift. Um okay, so I do want to get into because you're raising such an important piece that this this can be helped. Like we we can do stuff that's actually going to help us and that is exactly why I wanted to bring you on today. Um so let's get into it. And something I really really like about your brand um Anya is that it's not just like a one-stop thing like you you've kind of broken down you know by month kind of like the things you need for recovery like there's your body's going through different things and your body's going to need different things um as it progresses through the postpartum journey 
So I figured let's like let's like start at month one and kind of maybe you can give us a couple things, um, you know, that's like what's actually happening in our bodies and what can we do to kind of help uh, counter counter what's going on. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so so we do have this what you're what you're referring to is our this postpartum recovery plan and it's our most popular um offering and and moms are able to sign up for it during pregnancy. And that's the idea. It's like we made this because we wanted to create a really simple way for moms to get what they need all in one one place. And so to to really help them heal and nourish their bodies from the inside out and not have to like hack a bunch of solutions from a bunch of different places. And all at the same time, the most important thing to us is that they can trust. They know that everything we make is evidence-based, it's clean, it's non-toxic, it's vegan, like checks all the boxes that that I as a consumer would have and that kind of the, the modern mother would have. So back to what's happening in your body. So so we've we've um, arranged this plan. It's um, it's a subscription, but it's very different than a normal subscription. It's the products change each month based on what you're going through, like you said. So it, it was very much derived from what we heard from women. Um, and working with a range of different experts across women's health, studying what is going on in the body and how can we support at that specific stage. So in month one, it's really about the start of breastfeeding for most moms, you know, about 90% of moms do, um, do start or do intend to. And so whether you are, do continue or not, like there's a lot happening in, in your body associated with producing breast milk. And then it's about that kind of acute physical recovery. So in the first month, um, it's about getting the right nutrients that your body needs. Um, and that includes our, our multivitamin and the recovery tonic, which does have extra vitamin C, one of the most important nutrients for you, especially for wound healing and tears and building collagen, that kind of thing. So vitamin, so yeah, so vitamin C, vitamin it's, C it's is vitamin huge. Vitamin C is really important. And we have this awesome uh, recovery tonic, which is a liquid vitamin. It has like a really light pomegranate flavor and you just add it to your water. It kind of is a double purpose. It helps you get in more water, but the fact that it's a liquid and your body doesn't have to break down that capsule is really important because your digestive system is so compromised. So it's like, it's just one extra step removed so you can get the most out of what you're putting in um, and kind of absorb it all. Uh, and you mentioned, so digestion is another thing that can pop up in month one. Like, do you have any like suggestions around that? Yeah. So, so for the most part, I mean, I think it can be really severe in those first couple of weeks. And then I always just say, take a stool softener, like if, if you have to, um, but fiber is really important. And then really absorbable foods are very important too. So we do have, we do everything possible with all of our supplements. Like they're the optimal forms for absorption and to make it really easy for them to be absorbed by your body. Um, but then when it comes to foods, the best thing you can do is to eat foods that are, are really easy for your body to break down. So that's like cooked vegetables, broths, soups, um, a lot of like cooked stews, bone broth is my number one all time. If that sounds super gross, like there's a lot of great ways to eat it that actually tastes good. Um, and then getting in fiber. So like if you can throw in, um, you know, spinach into whatever, like some, some, some baby spinach into whatever you're eating or avocado or fruits, like that's, that's really the most important thing to do, especially in those early months. Yeah. I don't think I put enough emphasis on nutrition, um, early on. Like I tried to like eat well, uh, but I really didn't 
do enough and I think the next go around I'm gonna like be more conscious of that for sure because I'm sure it makes such a difference well it really does but honestly it's it's so hard that's this that's the thing it's like what new mom is like has like you can't you don't have time to make like a perfectly balanced nutrient dense meal three times <laughs> a day that's ridiculous yeah. you can barely like scoop a, a spoon of peanut butter you know so that's actually, that's really why we created Anya was because the reality of what it's like as a new mom, you just, you cannot get what you need from food. And, and we, we're moms are left feeling like crap as a result of that. So it's, yeah. it's about building up your baseline. And then yes, if the, if you can, anything you can do beforehand to like stock your freezer, ask, like ask people to drop stuff off or like order in now, now that's like, that's super easy, but, um, it, it is, it does make a big difference and anything you can do to like get your partner to make stuff, if that's a possibility or like your parents, your in-laws, like that's, that's really the best, best way to go about it. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, we talked a little bit about month one and month two, What's yeah. going on month two? Yeah, yeah. So then as you as you progress, it's really like that first month is like, again, there's so much we could talk about, like where you're just totally in the fog. But again, it's just about your body kind of healing. I mean, you're still bleeding. You've still got wounds like that. That's what's happening. And for especially for a C-section, that goes into months two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, into month two, you might be starting to like come out of the fog a little bit. And, and, and so what we deliver in month two is our body butter, which sounds like a nice to have, but is totally a need to have in that those first couple of months, because of that, um, hormone drop, your skin can be super dry and flaky. And so it helps with dry skin. It helps to repair stretched out skin and make it more elastic. Like think of a rubber band that got all stretched out and has to go back. Um, and, um, how, how long does, how long does that like last? Like how long should you be like really adamant about, um, applying like moisturizers to your skin? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a tough one to answer. Like there's no hard and fast rule. I mean, there are a lot of different things that contribute to kind of regaining tone. That's, that's a, a big one. Also exercise is a big one. And, and like, again, we never want to sound like we're putting extra pressure on or like adding to do's because there's, it's just like, it's all about taking things off of your plate. But, um, but I would definitely say those first few months to be applying is really important, especially, especially for stretch marks, like the earlier you can start to treat them. If you, if you, if they bother you, the earlier you can start to treat them, the better, like when they're still a little red, it helps for, for long-term prevention. Okay. Okay. Good um, to know. And then, um, and then, yeah, the third product, which we're actually currently out of stock right now, but it's coming back in the next two months is our energy tonic, which is our favorite product, like fit mom favorite. So it's a caffeine free liquid vitamin it's B12 and chromium and, and basically helps your body produce more energy and keep your levels sustained throughout the day. So it helps to regulate blood sugar and it does a bunch of other stuff. Um, but it's really great. It's lemon flavored and moms are like, literally like banging down our doors. They're like, I need, I'm, I'm addicted to it. When is it coming back? Uh, so that's what we deliver in month two, just as you're sort of getting back on your feet and to kind of, um, carry you through. Yeah. And then and, and you're not getting much sleep. You're <laughs> that, getting, that's huge, you're getting that's no real. sleep. And that's what I should have said that before. Like the sleep deprivation has such an impact on all of the functions of your body. And so what we don't awfully often make the connection to is, the role that nutrients play in helping you, your body function again. Right. So it's like, it's kind of combating 
the effects, not just like giving you this jolt of energy, but it's actually helping to combat those, those effects of sleep deprivation. So actually two things I wanted to say then backing up a little bit is, is a really important thing that I like to tell a lot of people and that you might not know is even kind of as you head into the hospital for birth, like a lot of the stuff you need in month one that's happening, you can steal from the hospital. So this is like, people think that they're like scared to ask, ask for as much as you possibly can get your hands on because otherwise they just throw it away. If it's been in your room, they will just throw it out. So that's, um, that's kind of number one, like the tux pads, the hospital underwear, the padsicles, the squirt bottle, PP pads, all of it. Like I call it PP pads, but did you use those where you like put them out so you don't bleed all over your bed? Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, well, again, I had like a C-section birth, so maybe it's a mm. little bit different. Maybe a little um, bit different. Yeah, I had like all kinds of bandages and, you know, the fun, beautiful underwear that we all love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. You know what was weird? And maybe it's just because, it, like, we're in a weird time with, like, uh, supply shortages and stuff. Like, they did not give me much. Like, I was, like, I kept trying to strong harm the, the hospital staff to, like, give me more stuff. Um, and uh. they they were they were kind of stingy, a little stingy on the on the supplies, I got to say. Oh, well, well, you got to fight for that. I mean, so many things that you need to kind of go in like armed and ready, right? Into the yeah. hospital. What, what are it's, it's, that's tough. <laughs> one of the weirdest things, I mean, this is just a tangent, but one of the, one of the worst things that they didn't give me, um, was formula because I, I was trying to breastfeed, but I wasn't producing. I left the hospital after meeting three different lactation consultants, we still were not getting any milk out of my, my boobs. So we, they were give they were supplementing with formula at the time. And then we were leaving the hospital. I'm like, can I get more of that formula? And they gave me like three mini bottles. It was enough for one day. And so like I got home, thank God I had like pre-stocked on formula, but like I wasn't producing any milk and I only had enough for a day to feed my child. It was, it was wild. That's so, so stressful. It's so stressful. Yeah. And that's part of the thing too, is like, I I honestly can't believe that that's like really, really messed up. Um, And part of the thing too, is that you, a lot of women don't know, um, I mean, talk about all of the challenges around breastfeeding. It's like for, for so many moms, like this is their number one hardest part of postpartum that we hear all the time. But like a lot of women don't know that they won't be producing much breast milk if it's just colostrum in those first two days. And really understanding that timeline of lactation is super important because otherwise you start to freak out and it's, it's really scary. Like, you know, for like, if you're not producing any milk for the first week and you think I can't, your baby's crying, it's just, it's so stressful. So stressful. So scary. Um, anyway. Okay. So I like that we were kind of chatting. We're, we're getting along through the months. We kind of hit the first two months. And I think those are the big ones that everybody knows they're recovering, mm-hmm. but come like month three, month four, month five, what are some of the things that are happening in your body and what are some things that we can do to, to counter? Yeah. So it's uh so the big one in month three is that's typically when, if you're, you know, the kind of unlucky half of, of the population, your when your hair if it's going to, we'll start falling out. And it's, it's super scary. It's like falling out in gobs in your shower and it happens overnight. So it's a normal thing. It's a result of the hormone shifts and changes, but doesn't mean it's not really scary at the time. And, um, and the big thing is, is that you can help it regrow healthily back. So there's not a ton you can do to prevent it from falling out if it's, Mm. if if that's going to happen, but it's more about kind of 
stimulating that regrowth. So um, it's it's both getting in the vitamins that you need to support that, and then also nourishing your scalp um, topically. So we do have a scalp serum that's uh, one of our favorite products, and um, and it has a bunch of amazing ingredients in it that help to both like stimulate blood circulation, nourish the hair follicles, and help with that that regrowth. And then other things, you know. Um, derms will say to, uh, try to, you know, not brush your hair like really aggressively or like style it as much. Like there are little things you can do to just sort of be gentle on it, but I don't oh, know. I didn't, my... I didn't, I didn't know that. That's actually a good, good little tip. Yeah. I'm sitting here treating my you... hair like normal and it is like falling out in clumps. Yeah. It's like, I mean, t- to be honest, I like, I can't say from personal experience that that makes a big difference, but yeah, it's like the less you can, if you can wash a little less frequently, if you can style a little less frequently, that's, that's all going to help. Okay. I like that tip actually. Yeah. That's, that's super helpful. And then we've actually had a lot of moms write in that have had success again, not vouching personally, but with like scalp massagers. So again, it's all about like stimulating that regrowth. And I think if your hair's falling out, you have this tendency to be like freak out and treat it really delicately, right? Like you don't want to mm. touch it, but it's actually the opposite. The The stimulation is really good. Okay. Okay. Love that. Oh my gosh. This has been so helpful. And I know there's like a million other things we could talk about because there's a lot that goes into to all of things postpartum, but I feel like these are at least a couple helpful tips, a couple, you know, things to expect along the way. And one of the things I love about you guys is you're such a, a great resource for this information um, on top of everything else. So if anybody wants to learn more about you, about Anya, where can we find you? Yes. Um, and uh, I know we could we could talk about this all day long. So um, our website is thisisanya.com. And then you can also find us on Instagram. Um, this is dot Anya is our handle. And for anyone who's listening, please uh, enjoy uh, 15% off if you use code BIGKID15. So you can just ah. enter that discount code at, at checkout. Awesome. That is so, that is so, so awesome. I'm going to include all of that in show notes, guys, if you, if you want, but thank you so much for offering that to our listeners. That's so sweet. Absolutely. Jane, thank you so, so much for being on. We loved having you. Thanks, Sarah. This is so fun. Sarah.